Do you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. Joining us today, hey, thank you for joining us on the Messy Adventures in Living. Welcome, I'm your host, Katrina Fava, and uh, thanks for being here wherever you are in the world Whenever you are in the world, I am happy that you're here. So if you've never listened to this radio show before, here's a little bit about it. Um, Messy Adventures in Living is uh, an, an hour, a space, a place where you get invited into um, choice, uh, into choosing and not waiting for the lights to be green before you make a choice. You get invited to stepping in, choosing, making choices, and then uh, and then. Uh, getting awareness from the choices that you make. Um, so, what are we talking about today? So today our show. Hold on, back up. I'm I'm uh, I'm a little bit uh, ahead of myself right now. So, who am I, and how? What do I do, and how do I play in the world? So my name is Petrina, uh, and here are some of the ways that I play in the world. I'm a mom of three. Uh, great kids. They are 13 and 10 and 6. And I'm also a pediatric nurse. I've been uh, working with kids in at uh, Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto for tw- coming up 20 years. And um, I enjoy doing that. I love being inspired by kids and their families and watching them as they navigate through some interesting times in their lives and watching how they um, and just different ways that they are able to um, be in the world, be with their bodies, and their their ability to get through things that many of us can never imagine. It's uh, it's amazing. Okay, so uh, I'm also an access consciousness bars and body process facilitator. Um, I learned about this modality called access consciousness about eight years ago now, I think, and I like to use the tools in my own life to create change, to impact change, um, to change, create change in my own life, and I teach bars classes. Um, I'm actually also an energetic facelift facilitator. I keep forgetting to talk about that. Um, amazing body processes in this line of work where you get to invite your body into a different possibility. Okay, so speaking of inviting your body to a different possibility, our topic, we have a great topic today, and we have an amazing guest who I'm so excited to be on, uh, Messy Adventures in Living. So our topic today is called Death, an Energy for Creation, and my guest today is Benoit Trudel. Hi, Benoit. Hi, Petrina. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thank <laughs> you. Benoit Trudel and his, and his mom, Louise, who doesn't have a Bali at the moment, but is still here because she made sure she let us know that she wanted to be on the show today. <laughs> so, could could there be joy in dying? Would you be willing to receive death as an energy for your creation instead of loss? Most people would say no, that death, even when it comes as a welcome relief, is an ending that brings sadness. But what if this isn't true? What if death could be celebrated as the beginning of something greater. 
How beautiful would it be to celebrate your loved one and fill their days with gratitude, happiness, and joy as they prepare to transition to another way of being? My guest, Benoit Trudel, knows, and his mom, Louise, know that this is possible because they created it together as she prepared, as Louise prepared to leave this world and begin her journey into a new one. So thank you for joining us for this. I'm sure going to be a fascinating conversation about a totally different possibility with death. Um, Benoit, I just was going to introduce you with your bio, but I can't seem to find it. So can I leave that to you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you play in the world? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm actually connecting with you uh, from uh, Tbilisi, Georgia, which is a country near Turkey. And so this is where I live and I work. And I've been working in international development for about 15 years. And so this is where I am with my two adopted sons. And once a year, we go back to Canada and we see our family. And so this is like the annual ritual, which is quite um, quite fun. And uh, I've been practicing access consciousness for about two years now. I'm a certified facilitator. And this is a modality that has really changed my life. My mom took the access bars class last uh, summer. My sister did as well. And it really changed something in them as well, which was really cool to see. So... Yeah, lots of fun. And really great that we're talking about this topic, death. This is something that I've never looked at for me before until this all unraveled. And now that I've been right. in it, it's I, I see how important it is to really kind of look at well, yeah. how do I how I am with death and what does that mean for me and and so it's great to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to Messy yeah. Adventures in Living. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you tell us, let's start with maybe, um, let's talk a little bit about Louise and like what what is your mom like and what was she like when she was here and had a body and it's kind of funny, I feel like, it feels strange talking about her in the past time. <laughs> In the past tense, so I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about her and tell us about what she is like and, and the events leading up to all of this. Yeah, I guess I want to start by saying maybe I'm a mirror of my mom in a way. And by going through mm. this kind of death process, it's kind of like I got to see the parts of me that I was not willing to look at. And she's the one who kind of stepped up to it and said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look at this. And it was just like this wow moment where all the frustration that I had with my mom, knowing that she was so much more than she was, but I couldn't connect with her, then she was it. And so basically my mom, the way that I knew her is that she was giving, giving a lot. And she always felt or it seemed like like she was giving too much. And then she would quite often get sick and have no energy and then be kind of like uh, in bed and things like that. And and it was always like I couldn't quite reach her. I couldn't quite connect with her. And I always wanted to say, Mom, but what else, right? Um, and then every summer when we'd go, we'd go back to Canada, it always feel, felt like it was a big deal for her. She wanted to be a good mom. She wanted to do it so well. And then she felt she didn't have the energy to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so uh, in... Uh, End of March, I got a call from my sister saying that she was um, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, three very big brain tumors. She was in the hospital, and that her time was probably quite quick, and we didn't know exactly how how long it was. Um, so pretty quickly, I, I decided to jump on a plane, and I took my two boys with me, and I went back to Canada, not really knowing what to expect. You know, was my mom going to be 
like talking about regrets, how she'd been a bad mom and how she wished she had done things differently and the things that I was kind of more like expecting. Um, right. And I didn't, I didn't find that at all. I didn't find that at all. The woman that I saw in the hospital, she was the most amazing woman. She was like so present. And when she looked at you, you could tell that she was there 100%. You could tell that was Louise. There was nothing else, right? And so that connection was really instant. And the discussions were really easy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was just like so much space in, in just being with her. And I really got a sense that, okay, this is my mom. And so kind of like what made the difference was that it really felt like like she could have chosen to go a different way, but somehow, and I'm not sure how that happened, but she really chose to kind of step up and put herself first. And 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 that happened how I don't know, but it, it was really clear because when she was admitted to the hospital, she said, you know what? I'm going into the hospital with my maiden name. I'm going as Louise Lemire. And that was really important for her. Um, And there were things that if she wanted to eat three pieces of cake, and my mom was always like a a health freak and really careful about what she ate. Mm -hmm. And and she was like, I'm eating three pieces of cake. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, and there was something about her that was just really, really simple about how she was just being. And and you could, mm. she was connecting with the staff in the hospital and she was so grateful. And so there was just, it, it's really hard to put into words, but there was this huge presence and gratitude that was there. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it made, that's so, you're describing it so beautifully. It reminds me of actually my grandmother when she, she died in the hospital as well. She had a heart attack and was in the hospital for a couple of months. And this was before, before I knew anything about the tools of access. But what I noticed when she was there, um, especially like the last few weeks, and we didn't, you know, know, quote unquote, know that she was going to die, right? Like the doctors were telling us that she, there was still, you know, still a chance that she could go home and she could recover from this. And then she chose to go. But um, I noticed too, that there was this level of vulnerability with her that was never there before. And this is a woman who is a very strong-willed woman. Um, you know, we we I lived with her for a while, and we used to butt heads. We were very, very close. She was like my mom, but in the last few years, she lost her vision. And she, and she was being a bit pathetic, and so I, I used to get very angry because, it, like you said, I knew there was more, and she wasn't stepping up, and it was frustrating for me, right, to look at her do that, like you described. And then when she was in the hospital, especially the last few weeks, there was something that I noticed, which was just like you described. It was a certain level of vulnerability and presence that was so different. And I remember thinking the same thing to myself. I'm like, wow, this is her. Here, Look at her. Here she is in her vulnerability. It's so beautiful. And and my question is, what would it take to have that all the time, <laughs> right, to have that level of presence all the time? Exactly, because wow. you can feel it. And it's like it's like that level of presence and being you, it just creates this space because people just come into the room and there is no charge to it. And it's very inviting. It's very welcoming. It's, um, right. yeah, it was really, really uh, something very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a tool in access. So I just, I didn't beginning for any, no, 
Extra consciousness is a, a modality that has uh, some uh, tools that you can use to change your life and some body processes. And if you don't know about it and you'd like to know a little bit more about it, you can find a bunch of information at uh, accessconsciousness.com. But there is a, a, t- a tool, a question in Access. Um, if you had 10 seconds to live the rest of your life, what would you choose? Um, and I feel like sometimes it's it can be difficult to choose from that space because we haven't really we don't know what that's like. But it, would you say that some of what how your mom was being, how Louise was being, was that? It's like that that energy, that space of if you had ten seconds, what would you choose? Would you choose regret, like you said? Would you choose you know thinking regretting that you had been a bad mom, or would you choose something different? You know, joy, exactly. space of all of you, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and how that choice, how she made that choice, I mean, I think it's just really awesome because by making right. that choice, really what she did was that she was showing us a different way. If she had chosen to go into regret and all of that, it would have been really tough for my dad, for me, for my sister, for all of us. But by being like that, even I remember at one point where I had to leave her on the last day after two weeks and come back to Georgia knowing I wouldn't see her again. And of course, I was crying. And she held me in her arms, and when I pulled away, she wasn't crying. She was just sitting there with the most beautiful, amazing smile. And and again, this was an invitation for me to kind of just kind of step into something different. It doesn't mean that being sad is wrong. I'm not saying that, but she was just constantly showing us that there was another way that we could look at this. And when I went to the funeral just uh, two weeks ago, and after we buried my mom and I was with my dad, all of us, I mean, I feel so connected to my dad and my sister and my mom. And I feel like there was just nothing that was left unsaid, undone, or it just really feels like there's a continuation beyond the death. And it's it's not like the gimmick of she's in my heart and my spirit. It just kind right. of feels like... Like my mom, you know, when she was in the hospital, she was saying, you know what, Benoit, I feel so here, so present, and I feel like there's there's just no worries, no nothing, and I feel so connected to the other side. And for me, dying is so easy. So for her, it's like she was present, alive, and she was also connected with the other side. So it really felt like there was that smooth kind of... I don't know how to put into words, but I mean, her being was there before and her being is there now. And and the transition was so smooth that it was just like, it was just really incredible for us. And so for me, when we buried her, I just felt really at peace mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. So such a gift from her, you know, to all of you to to be that space of ease so that you to also invite all of you into that space of ease and also how much of a gift was it to her that you were able to be with that you and your family as well so you know gifts back and forth both ways it sounds like I love it exactly and and the other gift that she did that was really huge is by by putting herself first and by stepping up and and really it was really clear because she was there for other people before and now in the hospital she was really there for her and you could tell that when she was saying things it was really what she wanted and it was not imposing it and what it created was for me and my sister to also realize that 
we can also choose to do that more in, in our lives. And me and my sister yes. were also constantly giving, 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 giving. Yes. And my sister, during uh, the time that my mom was in the hospital, she would say sometimes, you know what, I'm not going to the hospital. I need to take care of me. And I was like applauding, wow. going, wow, that's amazing. Because that's yeah. exactly what my mom wanted us to get to that place right. of just being there for each other and at the same time being putting ourselves first. And, and I... I know that I can do that more. I can choose that more in my life. You know? Yeah, that's so great because it's true, and especially as parents, you know, we 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 do that so much, or it's such a common point of view that you need to give until your glass is empty, and and we think that this is the right way to be a parent. And then when you look at it, how much really distress does it can it cause? Because if there's guilt around I should go because she's dying and I don't know how much more time I have left, all of that guilt, you know, it impacts your body. It is actually so, it is so much more creative. There's so much more space of creation when you do take care of yourself. And I like that you said that she was choosing for her while not imposing. Yeah. Like that's, I love that when that, that that you said that because there is a way to choose for you and invite others to choose for themselves without imposing anything on anyone else. Cool. Yeah. We need to take a break. Thing. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay, you go. Just a yeah? quick thing. Right? Okay. She's always yeah. really liked wood, right? And so I went and I took pictures okay. of coffins, and they're all wood. But then uh -huh. by mistake, there was a picture of a white coffin uh, in the picture. And she said, you know what? I yeah. don't want a wood coffin. I want a white coffin. <laughs> and it was just so cool that, you know, that that came so naturally from her. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And uh, again, like how many people would do that? You know, like, I mean, I know some people do, but a lot of people have so many points of view about, you know, here, you know, you choose your own coffin and that kind of thing. But it sounds like she had so much ease with it all. It's amazing. I love she it. Did. She did. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk more about Louise and this energy of creation uh, with death. So you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living. Today we are talking with Benoit Trudel and his mom, Louise, uh, about death and energy of creation. We will be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Petrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? 
Is now the time? Go to beinguclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beinguclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beinguclass.com You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255 In Canada, 613-800-8736 Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. Thank you for being with us. Today we're talking, our topic is death and energy for creation. My guest today is Benoit Trudel and his mom, Louise. They're, we've been talking about um, the amazing gift that he and his mom gave to each other and to their family and are now giving to us here today on Messy Adventures in Living of having ease with death, um, joy even with death, um, a very different space and possibility. Um, I, I, um, you know, Benoit and I have been friends on Facebook and I was, you know, following a lot of his posts. And Benoit, as you were posting, um, what struck me the most uh, when you started posting pictures of you and your mom and your family, I was so drawn in and so inspired and so happy to see the all these the smiles in the photos. Um, you know, here is a woman suddenly diagnosed with brain tumors in March and and um, and dying only a few weeks later. And you know, you're 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 lying in the bed with her. Your sons are lying in the bed with her. You're celebrating Mother's Day with cake. Um, your dad is smiling. Your sister is smiling. It was such a beautiful invitation to something different, I, and I'm so happy that you're here talking about it. Um, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah, it, it was truly like a, a, an amazing invitation to something different. I loved seeing those smiles, and and you know, like I mean, I'm a nurse, and I've been around death for a long time, and and um. I do. I know that children do have a very different point of view about death, but I haven't really. There have been only a couple of times that I've been uh, in the room or around families who who are um, with their their family members that are dying. With that, I don't think I've ever been actually with that level of joy. Um, some sense of peace, yes. But so, can you talk a little bit about what you mean by death as an energy of creation? And yeah, I'll just let you go from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's different aspects to that, and I was thinking about that right before we broke into the break. Mm-hmm. I mean, by, I mean, there was all of the stuff that you saw on Facebook with my mom, and that was really, really genuine. The smiles were so genuine because the connection was really genuine. And I chose to share it on Facebook, and I hesitated at first, but I really felt like, my God, what is going on here? This is really changing my life, and then I really thought, <laughs> okay. I, there are some of this that I want to share and some parts that were more personal than, of course, than I did. But there were some that mm-hmm. I felt was important. Um, so for me, death is an energy. Let's just, for me, death as an energy is mm-hmm. the first thing. So am I willing to kind of be with the energy of death? And for me, the energy of death is more just somebody dying. But it's really the whole notion of something ending, whether it's a yes. project, whether it's anything in our life. We have this thing, this fear, I get a sense, of anything that ends. It's like, oh, my God, we feel like 
like really uncomfortable with that. Even when we say goodbye to someone, we say, "Oh, yeah, goodbye. See you soon." Ah, uh, right? yes. <laughs> and we always kind of want to make sure that we're making a bridge to something else. And for me, when I had this whole whole thing with my mom, I came back from seeing my mom, and then I had my appendix that burst, and then I went into surgery mm. right away. Um, and it was really, really tough. And at one point, I was in the hospital, and I really got to the space where I just I wanted to die. And mm-hmm. that was a really uncomfortable space to be. And to be honest, that kind of has been lasting for more than a month, where there's this energy of death in my life oh. that I'm tuning into of wanting to die. And then, and then of course, that's uncomfortable. But... What is what is I've been really going into allowance of it and and not and and having that energy doesn't mean I'm going to die next week doesn't mean I need to choose to die also right. but what if just being with that energy of death that there's something there for me and just not trying to get out of it right away right. trying to keep creating and doing things and forget about it which is probably it was there before but now it's really coming out and that connection with that energy is there so what's in it for me what if connecting with death could actually really get me to something more, to living more. And I'm not there yet. And so it's been a bit more of a quiet time for me for the past two months of kind of tuning into that energy. And to be honest, you know what I do sometimes? I just talk to death. I just say, Mm -hmm. hi, what's going Mm -hmm. on here? What's happening? And I feel myself lightening up and I feel that the drama goes out. When I start to talk about it and play with it and and kind of be with it, and what if there's a real gift in there for me to learn to be with death and that energy and not need to jump out of it? And I don't have the answer yet, but I'm really getting that this is in my life. And I think that a lot of us, we avoid being in that space of death. And what if there's something there that can be just really, really a gift? Wow. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> That's so amazing and i may it makes me wonder like that that it, that space of not wanting to get out of it like that you described we resist death so much and i wonder if what you saw in your mom and also what i saw in my grandmother that vulnerability that um that intense presence is that the no longer fighting of death you know what i mean like it's like they've come they know this is coming and so with without the fight, without the resistance, the vulnerability, the presence uh, allows it, it, it's allowed to be shown, to be seen, to to show up, because there isn't that resistance, there isn't that fear anymore, and so all of a sudden here you are in all of your beauty, completely present and completely vulnerable. So yeah, like what a gift it is to be able to talk to death. I love that. That was so great, and and say hello and be like, I see you. I'm uncomfortable and I see that and be willing to be in that space until it changes or until it doesn't or it doesn't even matter. You don't have to change it. Thank you for that. I think we often go to like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I need to change it. Sometimes it's good to sit in uncomfortable. And I get a sense yeah. that this is where it's at. And for my mom, you're right. If she, It's it's clear that she had accepted the, the her death and she was okay with it. And and. And in doing so, that she was really like so alive, like she was stepping out. She was, she was glowing so much in that room. And the staff that came in, and she was like saying thank you to the staff. And and she was like sometimes the staff would come in and she would say, you know what, I love you. 
And and she would say it with such presence yes. that the people really could sense that, you know, that this was real. And it could really it was really touching these people that she was taking the time to say that. Wow. And that connection it, it was just there and it was pretty amazing. But you know, for us death is also something that's continuing and I'm gonna add to that a bit is that we've had our dog and you know about having a dog for fourteen years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've changed countries with this dog so many I've counted eight times now. We're moving to Bangkok in two weeks. And at one point, I just looked at our dog, Roxy, who's now blind and has health issues. And I just looked at her and I said, huh, you're not coming to Bangkok with us, are you? It was really clear to me. And so now I've been talking with with her and, and really kind of getting a sense, wow, this means putting her to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, not taking her with us. And again... Of course, everything in me just goes, no, my God, you cannot do that. We're going to take her and we're going to keep her as long as we can, right? And what Mm -hmm. if there's a gift in there? What if there's something Mm -hmm. else there? Am I willing to look at that? Am I? Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. Because what if, you know, my mom and all of this, you know, I kind of feel like, also like my mom, I've been holding back and have I been really living and what if this looking at death now is actually where we're at or where I'm at and that this is really this is really okay. Actually that's all I want to say, but this is really just okay. Yeah. yeah. We make it not okay. I want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. I want to keep doing and running and what if I just don't? What if I just say okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, animals are amazing, I'll tell you, with having no point of view about death. That's totally something I learned when my dog passed away as well. Just the um, just the incredible amount of allowance and totally no point of view. It's like, yeah, whatever, it's all good. <laughs> you know, because they don't have a point of view about death. And what are where did all our points of view about death come from? And what if death isn't the end? I mean, I think many of us speak about that, you know, like, okay, yeah, death isn't the end. There's a heaven and they, the soul goes on and blah, 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 right? But still, the, the person in their body is not here. And so there is still a loss, right, is is the common point of view. And I think, you know, more and more we're learning that it, it doesn't have to be so if we're willing to lower our barriers and be uncomfortable and receive them in a different way, communicate with them in a different way, um, instead of the way we were communicating with them when they had body. And, and what yeah, if it's yeah. simply about being okay with death that makes it that then it's not the end? Because by being okay yes. with it, it just then opens the door for what comes next. And when we're not right. okay with it, then we're kind of shutting out and we're refusing it and we're separating from it. And yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, this is and how it feels with my mom. Really, it feels like my God. It's like something just continued, and it just feels like so connected, and it's just so, so space and so nice. Oh, it's so great. And what a beautiful invitation to anyone, um, you know, that all of you were able to be because she was the space of, of no point of view and allowance and ease with death. And then also you guys as a family were able to embrace that as well. And now look at what it's created for you. Um, truly communion with each other, continuing communion with each other. Um, awesome. Okay, we actually need to take another break. Um, and we're going to come back. And I'd like to talk a little bit about your kids and how they've been through all of this and um yeah what they what do they know about all of this so you're listening to messy adventures in living we are talking about death and energy of creation with benoit trudel and his mom louise we will be right back 
Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Petrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. If you're just joining us, we are having a very beautiful conversation and very fun conversation about death. Death and Energy for Creation with my guest, Benoit Trudel, and his mom, Louise. So just before we were we went to break, we've been talking a lot about um, being willing to be in the space of discomfort with death and what that can create instead of resisting death um, and and having fear around death, being being willing to be in the space of it and being an allowance of it can create so much ease with it. And so Benoit was just describing how um, his mom, in his in her ability to have great ease with death, was able to invite. Um, all of her family to that space as well. And then their willingness to, to be in that space also created so much ease for her um, in this in this journey. Uh, it's, if you're just jumping in, make sure you catch the replay and listen from the beginning because it's been a great conversation. Um, and I love. I just wanted to quote something that you said that I caught, um, and I don't remember the exact beginning of this sentence, but you were talking about, um, you know, she she had accepted her death, or or and she was able to be with it, and in doing so, she was so alive. Which yeah. ah, I like shivering with that that sentence. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And so I wanted really to talk, an yeah. invitation so. for all of us to come and for me to also really because I kind of think that if I ignore death, then I can just right. keep on living. But I actually ah. what if that was not true? 
what if actually really by by being able to by by choosing actually to be in that energy and to connect i to connect with the energy of death and to say hey What's that about? And we, we encounter that every day in our lives and we keep going, we keep going. What if when it comes up, something ends, a relationship, a project, or something ends and it literally dies, the energy just kind of dies. What if we stayed with that before jumping to something else and kind of, okay, what, what's, what's here for me? And I wanted to start with my dad, actually, before talking with oh, my kids, because really, yes. to be honest, it's... I mean, for him, it's completely different. And I'm not sure if he's mm-hmm. listening. I mean, I quickly told him about this show and I told him we would have mm-hmm. the replay. But my dad, basically, my dad and my mom, they were just the two of them for 53 years and had very limited social life. So my dad and my mom, they did everything 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And so for him to lose my mom is 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 a big thing. I guess what I want, and he was 24 hours a day in the hospital with her for two months. The whole time mm-hmm. she was in the hospital, he slept there. I mm-hmm. I think what I want to say is that the whole process of me, my sister, having not the drama and my mom as well and the joy and the peace, I think for him it was also a, a process that kind of led him into this kind of transition where he finds himself now alone in a big house. Right. Um, and with choices to make now. And we've kind mm-hmm. of been talking to my dad and saying, okay, what happens now? Like... There's there's possibilities now. His life, one of those choices, is for it to open up to other people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for him to come to Thailand and live with us if he wants, for him to do something right. else. And so, there's this really, as a result of having had such a smooth transition right now, there's this huge space for my dad also to kind of look at his life and say, okay, yeah, what else is possible? What what happens now? And he has those really big questions to answer, I guess. And and we're kind of there just really supporting him. And I think that's really cool. And mm-hmm. it was really cool also that my mom, she was, there was this thing. I was also taking the CF training when I was in uh, in uh, the certified facilitator training in Rome. And I found yeah. out about my mom when I was there. And I told Gary in front of everyone. And he wow. said, you know what? Just say thank you to your father for being willing to let her go. Oh. And and actually, it was the willingness for all of us to let her go, and for my mom to also let my dad go, for all of us to be willing yeah. to go through that. And by having that willingness, now we find ourselves in this other space of saying, okay, we, there was this huge willingness, and now there's a different life for each one of us. And okay, so how do we go from here? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I mean, how much in letting go are you now so much more connected, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because it allows wow. them the transition to happen and yeah. And so for my kids it was really amazing mm-hmm. that I'm so glad I took them. I'm so glad mm-hmm. I went there when my mom was just super conscious and mm-hmm. I mean sometimes my mom was talking and I was like, Mom, I should be taking notes here. Like the stuff that comes out <laughs> from you is like, like so freaking mm-hmm. wise. You know, she was yeah. just like so connected and she was talking and I was just like, Wow. Where does that come from, Mom? And you know when your awareness is just talking and you're just like, oh, my God. So anyways, but my kids were also part of that experience. And it was really great for them, even if they were on their Nintendos and iPads mm-hmm. and doing all of their stuff. And I was like, you know what? Maybe you can talk to your grandma for a few minutes, like five minutes. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and they were like screaming at me. But <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there was still a part where they they were very aware of that energy of ease and of my mom and the joy. 
and even when we came back after that to to Georgia, and I kept they were ta- you know talking about Grandma and how she's doing, and I was like, well, connect with her, you know, yes. talk to her, and my, and my son, and they're learning a different way to be with death as well, and they're mm-hmm. learning, I guess, you know what, they're learning to play with it. There's not only the drama with death, there are other ways to kind of be with it. So try to talk to grandma, see if she talks back. Maybe she does. Yes, yes. Like, you you try it, Alice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, it's yeah. No, just what a what a gift that is to kids because we learn so much of our fear around death early on in our lives, of course, as we learn almost everything. Um, but what a gift that is to 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 be that space of ease and playfulness even. Like, you know, you're talking, I feel like some of these words we're saying, are, some people might be like, you guys are crazy, you know, playfulness with death, like ease, joy with death. What amazing different possibility could be created if we could invite kids to this space, right? If they didn't have this fear from early on in their lives to carry throughout their lives until, you know, they're facing death like what a amazing gift that is to your kids and to kids everywhere and some people might be thinking oh you're wearing pink roses glasses maybe you didn't right. breathe no i i cried there were times when i right. was crying and then there were times when i was just like hey there's something else here as well right i mean i just found really the emotions were really flowing in it it would just go through me and then it'd be done and then it'd be something else and it, it really felt like there was just yeah and so yeah of course i did cry Right. Um, yeah, and that's a good point. I wanted to look at that too. You know, not not to suggest that we're making sadness no, or anything like that no, wrong, but it's no. what we've been saying, and what you've been saying is that willingness to be very present with that discomfort and not reject it and not push it away and not make it wrong and just be present with it. And how much more easily does that change when you can be present with it? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean. Actually, no. I mean, nothing comes up right now, but I mean, you've said yeah, it really okay. well. It's just really what comes up. And, and sometimes I would feel sad and I would say, okay, and I would go with it. And then I would really ask, okay, who does that belong to? Return to center with consciousness. What else is possible here? Not to reject yeah. it, not to push it away. No. If, the, if the sadness stays, that's fine. Right. But I, I find that emotion quite often, it disconnects us from other possibilities. And so it's not wrong yes. and it's okay. And then at one point, it's like, okay, is there something else here that I could be choosing? And, and maybe there is, maybe there isn't, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So I w- what do you think, like, what would you say to people who are, fa- you know, facing facing the death of a loved one? And if that, like, or what would Louise say? I'm going to invite Louise into the conversation. So, you know, what would you say to someone whose family member is dying and who that person who is dying is very fearful, very much resisting death? Like, you know, is there anything that you could give to that conversation about, like, how to be, what kind of space to be to allow that other person, to the person who is dying, to have that space of ease? If they are resisting, I get a sense that for us, what really started in an emotion, this whole thing was really being willing to let her go. Okay. And mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm willing to go to that space, and that's the first thing I said to my sister was, Mano, are you willing to let her go? And that meant, you know, that there may not be treatment. Are we willing to let her go? 
And the mm -hmm. minute I think when we asked that question and, and each one of us had to, I think we all came to, yes, we're willing to let her go. And my mom, I think, was already there. If she had not been, I think that that could have helped as well. Because I really think that that's the starting point of being willing to let the person go. Um, and then being with the energy of debt, whatever that is, and this notion of, you know, can I play with this? Can I, is there something here other than drama, you know? Um, but yeah, I, that's where I would start. Awesome. I don't have that much experience with death. Yeah. I mean, this was really the first time that I encountered this in, really in my life. So yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it's been one heck of a beautiful um, invitation to something different. And, and I hope you continue to talk about this because I just love listening to you um, talk about it. Um, it's actually time for another break already. So um, we're going to go to break and then we're going to come back and wrap up a bit and talk a little bit about more about what you're doing in the world. And so you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living. Uh, we're talking about death an energy for creation with my guest, Benoit Trudel and his mom, Louise. We'll be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Petrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. Today our topic is death, 
and Energy for Creation. We're talking with Benoit Trudel and his mom, Louise, and we've been having a very beautiful conversation about a different possibility with death when we are willing to be uncomfortable or to, to be with the energy of death and ask some questions about what else is possible here. Um, Again, if you're just jumping in and if you haven't heard the, the show, please go back to the beginning and take a listen because it's been amazing. I wanted to ask you, Benoit, a little bit about, um, you know, what what were some of the tools of access that you used during all of this time? And, you know, what were some of the questions that you asked? We talked a little bit just before the break about asking, are you, am I willing to lose um uh, not lose. That's interesting because I was going to say it's not really lose. So, am I willing to let her, let her go? But what other questions were you asking as things were coming up? What tools were you using? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I think you were reading my mind again during the break, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> okay, keep doing that. Um, yeah. I mean, really, it was just amazing that both that me, my sister, and my mom, we, you know, we've been practicing access consciousness. And by practicing, I say that really loosely. My mom has not been doing yeah. our sessions. My sister has been more practicing it, you know, since uh, a year ago. But there was this this openness to using some of the tools. And so, with my mom, we uh, definitely did a lot of the. Um, uh, the bars, but that was difficult because she was always in awkward positions and on the bed. Mm-hmm. We did a bit of that. We did a lot of body process. I yeah. had just some amazing talks with her about her when she was a, a young girl, what it was like with her mom, mm-hmm. and then stuff and energies would come up, and then I would ask mm-hmm. her, you know, are you willing to clear that? You know, oh, and then okay. she would say, oh, yes, and then we would just <laughs> clear it and use a clearing statement, and I could see that my mom was just having so much fun with this, and it was basically navigating a little bit. We did that once, her life and the things that she wanted to do and the times that she held back and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and how her mom was not really there for her and, and you know, and how that made her feel, and basically just kind of looking at that and then clearing the energy that that came up. And so, I don't know, but I was feeling also that in the call, a lot of the energy was building up around death. So maybe we could do a few clearings here um, that could help, you know, to discuss yes, that Yes, yes, definitely. Because I'm feeling it also in, in myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you have something? Yeah, I mean, what have you made so vital, valuable, and real about the avoidance of death that keeps you from choosing the life that you could truly be living? Anything that doesn't allow that, (laughs) will you destroy non-create at all? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, all nine pop-pop shorts, boys, and beyond. And so how many Shiko implants and explants do you have keeping those beliefs in place about death? Everything that is, will Mm -hmm. you destroy non-create at all? Time for God's billion. Right, wrong, good, bad, all nine, pop, puck, shorts, boys, and beyond. Because we have a lot of beliefs around death, and we've made it so yeah. significant. And that's one of the things I love about death, is that, yeah, these events, they, they mark us. They are important to some degree, but we don't have to make it that dramatic and that significant. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean my mom is not important. Of course but that not. that heaviness yeah. and that significance. Yeah, is what makes it hard and what makes us disconnect actually right. from that person and from the death. So everywhere yeah. we've made things and death so significant, you know, which you destroy mm-hmm. not create at all times a mm-hmm. Yes, right, wrong, good, bad, all nine pop box shorts, boys and beyond. Yeah, and I wanted to just um, we've just got four minutes, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, 
this this energy of especially as parents we often have um of if we are grieving if we are sad it means that we love them more and if we are joyful and if we are light and if like kids we're playing on our nintendo on our ipads instead of paying attention it means that we don't care like really all of that energy of uh, if you are joyful around death, it means you didn't care. But if you are sad and, and grieving, that it means you love them more. So everywhere you bought any of that, can we destroy and uncreate all of that? Yes. Right, wrong, good, and bad. Pod and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. If you've never heard The Clearing Statement, by the way, you can look it up at theclearingstatement.com. Okay. Um, yeah, keep going. And you touched <laughs> on something really good, which is this whole notion of grieving, which we feel... Mm -hmm. which yeah, what is that really? It's it's the drama. It's the not wanting not wanting to let the person go. It's the sadness. It's the regret. It's yeah. all of that. Yeah. And again, and it's, it's the not making that, that wrong because no. some of that can come and it can happen and it's okay. It's really the any time that you feel that, basically, I would say just go to the kindness. Bring the kindness. It's okay to feel mm -hmm. that and to go into that place of feeling that grieving and the sadness. It's super okay. And then what else is Possible. Is there something else also that's possible that is light right. as well? And and my sister just kept saying, you know what? What's light here for me? And she was really saying that a lot about a lot of choices we had to make about the church, the reception, and oh, yeah. you know we're going to go for what's light, what's going to be easy because we already have so much and so many things happening. So how can we make this process more ease and more light? It doesn't have to yeah. be hard and heavy. Yeah, it doesn't have to be hard and heavy. It can be light and joyful and and there can be ease. I mean, I always love to look at pe um, people and cultures um, and you might know a little bit more about this than me because you're a little bit more traveled than I am, but cultures who really can celebrate a person at the end of their life. And I love that energy so much. Um, it's such a very different energy. Like, how amazing was it that you were able to be together and celebrate your mom, you know, celebrate even, you know, during the death process and after, like as a, as a, as a funeral, as during the funeral proceedings and that kind of thing. But the energy of celebration, of celebrating a life is so amazing. And I wish we had more of that. And what would it take like to have more of that in the world instead of this heaviness around death or wrongness of death? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, it's going to go beep, but just again, the funeral also was just so beautiful. And my mom orchestrated the whole thing, you know, the church. Beautiful. And there was just such beauty. <laughs> it was really amazing. It was beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so Thank grateful you so that much. you're here. I'm so happy that you've come to talk about this. And I really, really hope that you continue to pursue this conversation because I feel like you've got so, so much to give. Um uh, thank you so much for everyone for listening to Messy Adventures in Living. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on Inspired Choices Network. We'd love to have you join us again. Until next time, have fun creating your phenomenal life. Mess and all.